Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene. And if all goes according to plan, you should have just heard our theme song for the first time. Um, we're getting it. We're, we're getting a theme song made. I believe it'll be on this episode, but um, if it isn't, then um, whoops. But that theme song was made by Lynn July. You can listen to more of her music at tinytachyon.bandcamp.com. There's a link to that in the episode description. Um, shout out to Lynn. She's a dear friend. Sends me pictures of stouts randomly in the DMs. I'm always happy. And I'm sure that the theme song that she's making for us will be awesome. I have with me this week, um, Luca. Luca, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Luca. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so um, let's talk about, well, okay, how would you describe your gender? What is, what is your gender? Um, I don't know, like, it's a good question. I know I'm a bit of a day fab, um, but I, I do have a dick, uh, and I was, had that when I was born. Um, but I'm still a bit of a day fab, you know, sometimes like a fag dyke, whatever. Um, you know, I've got to have some fun with it. All right. Hell yeah, we love having fun with it. Um, let's talk about, so, I mean, like, what all, what all does that mean for you in terms of, like, how you live your day-to-day life? I mean, I guess uh, part of it's just, you know, um, kind of this sort of living my life as, you know, like a, I guess I'm a non-binary person or whatever. Um, and um i guess i lean like slightly towards like the female side of that in terms of like gender um but like you know like my presentation's kind of like uh ideally like androgynous that's kind of what i go for um just like the day um and also i am taking um hrt um but i'm uh having some fun with it again so um i'm on um as well as estrogen and uh, a tea blocker. I also take um, a selective estrogen receptor modulator, which I can explain more about. Um, but essentially, um, it's to try and uh, you know have some of that feminization without all of the feminization that um, HRT uh, normal feminizing HRT gives you. Yeah, we've talked about serms um, on the podcast a few times before. Uh, rewind to the episode with Mir. Um, how do you provide a good life for all the micropenist upshotties of the world, I believe was that episode title. Um, for a little bit of a discussion of CIRMs there. But yeah, I'm really excited to actually talk to someone that um, is on them. Mir is not on CIRMs, but uh, he was considering it at a point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, well, let's let's start off there because that's something that I've I've wanted to talk to someone about that for a while. I think I actually had someone I was supposed to message about that. Whoops. Um how did you how did you sort of like come to hear about serms? How did you go about getting them? I know that they're kind of hard to get. I don't know if you are you prescribed them or are you ordering them from a Oh, um, I have not prescribed them, no. Um Yeah. I've not prescribed any of this. Um <laughs> Okay, so you're doing, you're doing well. Well, you're also, I mean, from the from the accent, I assume you're in somewhere in the UK. Yeah. Um, um, so, a kind of our options. I don't know how much your listeners know about uh, 
the British medical system. But um, essentially, if you want to go through the NHS, um, the like public healthcare system to get trans healthcare, uh, the first step is to go to your local GP and get referred to a gender identity clinic. And then once you've gone there, you'll have a few meetings and then they might prescribe you some estrogen or whatever. But the waiting list to get to one of those clinics is like five years and going up. Uh, so that's not really an option for most people. Uh, so there are a few private providers, but they're like really expensive. So a lot of people here do yeah buy buy drugs on the internet, and I'm one of them, which is oh, legal yeah. here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's legal in most places. It's just there's yeah. various various sort of questions about like um, quality and where you're going to get it and yeah I mean, it also depends on what the drug is right um in the united states at least it's legal to buy estrogen over the internet but not testosterone yeah um, i think that's yeah although legal should not be confused with possible it is 100 oh, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but so, so so you're is raloxifene I think I've looked into it a few times. It's is it is it expensive or is it sort of? Um, it's not super expensive. I think with everything, um, the main cost is like shipping because uh, okay. you can't. None of this you can buy from the UK essentially because of the way our laws work. Um, right, you have to get it shipped in you have from to like get it shipped from abroad. Yeah, from like I think I had a friend that was doing it. I think that she was getting it from like Russia or someplace. Uh, I think the raloxifene, I mean, I forget everywhere from, I get everything from different places, but I think the raloxifene yeah. is from like somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, I'm All not right. quite sure where. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So what, um, how, how did you come to make the decision to sort of pursue raloxifene? How did you hear about it? What was your sort of thought process on starting a hormonal transition yeah i mean i guess kind of the i kind of figured out that i wanted to change my body right um and the kind of the first thing i looked into uh was you know the obvious thought of okay yeah i i mean to like clarify what i wanted i guess like i want like feminization but i um the thought of like having breasts gives me like gender dysphoria so i don't want that um so the kind of the first like obvious thing i thought of was like um what if I just went on like a tea blocker? Because I knew a bit about um, how uh, cross sex stuff works, um, and then I looked into that, and obviously that's a bad idea because um, uh, if you like suppress uh, your sex hormones for too long, then that increases the risk of a lot of different things. Um, and osteoporosis, most yeah, I think that's the main one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of big one. That's that'll get you. But um, I mean, you also hear people talk about brain fog and and. Um, yeah. yeah um so then i think god i think i spent some time just looking online um doing some reading i mean there's that um there's a massive article uh which is really far too in depth for my, me to actually understand um on like um trans feminine um non-binary um hormone regimens um somewhere on think on transfemininescience.org or something um and that does mention as kind of one of the many possibilities uh, so then i just had a look into it more i think on like reddit or whatever various other places i spoke to a friend uh, who's actually been on this podcast who knows some other people who've done the same thing um and then i just kind of yeah i decided that's what i wanted and then i waited about a month and then i went online and ordered them all 
why did you wait a month? Did you just sort of like want to make sure that this was something that wasn't like a lark for you? Was it just like nerves? What was the? I think it was mostly just yeah, nerves and like procrastination. You know. I... Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Oh, it was just like nerves and like procrastination. Um, I don't think it was like a kind of oh shit, what if I'm what if I'm not trans? Like, uh, I mean everything's like mostly reversible to some extent so like i don't really care if i'm doing the wrong thing for me right now um you know i think that it kind of can't be the wrong thing for you right now um insofar as like you've you've made this decision right yeah like yeah exactly um, if down the line you regret it for some reason i mean especially if with raloxifene you're not expecting any breast development um, I mean, that's kind of, I think, the most sort of irreversible, uh, irreversible change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even not really irreversible. You can, there's surgeries and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something I did consider was like, I could just um, take the standard, like, um, I want to say the standard MTF uh, transition and then get top surgery. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I kind of didn't want them like hanging there for like a couple of years um well it's also like it's an, a surgery that you could avoid if you yeah exactly and i mean i i assume also i feel like that would probably be kind of weird to uh have to i mean then you right have to deal with the ni the nhs and the gender identity clinics yeah i think that would be very difficult assume, um, or i don't know what i guess you could just like lie and say that you developed gynecomastia it could. Um, <laughs> I I'm assume, maybe, yeah, they'd be monitoring hormone levels. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that would work, but like, yeah, it would be difficult. I'd probably had to have get it done like privately in like Poland or somewhere. Um, yeah. Is that something that people do in the UK? Uh, is go abroad for for things like top surgery? Yeah, because like it is really? um, to Poland. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a, a common thing people go to Poland, but I just know uh, some of like my uh, trans guy friends. Are like, yeah, like you can get it like pretty cheap in Poland. That it's pretty good. So apparently, that's so interesting. I don't. I'm I'm so curious why that's the case, but that's well. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I don't we'll know. Talk about that later. Well, or, that's that's a that's a thing for me to ponder at the other time. Um. So yeah, okay, and and well, wh why? When when did you start? What was sort of like? What was going on in your life when you started? Um, you started thinking about this, or or why were you thinking about this? What was this all? Um, yeah, I don't really know. I think it's kind of just this kind of natural, like, um, kind of step by step process, in that like, um, I'd first kind of. Um, I mean, you know, I'd been, like, questioning my gender to some extent for a long time, but, like, I switched to, like, identifying as non-binary and using they them pronouns publicly, like, um, last September, I think, uh, in 2021, um, and then, um, I think it was, like, okay, I'm recognizing, like, um, just over the time of the next, like, few months and stuff, it's, like, I'm recognizing, um, dysphoria from various, like, features i have um 
And uh, I think it was actually, maybe what prompted was this was uh, a friend was kind of like, yeah, you should go on Spyro. And he kept on telling me to go on Spyro. Um, uh, because like, I obviously uh, needed to do something about it. Um, needed to transition about it in some way. Um, and so I think that kind of started the path. And then, yeah, I did the research and figured out exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. Do you mind if I ask, like, what features specifically were sort of like? Yeah. Um. So I guess it's like, just like general like build and to some extent. Uh, kind of like you know, like fat distribution, the that stuff. Um, like facial hair's a big one. Like, not a fan. And obviously, um, estrogen doesn't get rid of facial hair. Um, and body hair, but like it. Um, reduces lightly the kind of um, intensity of that. Um, and then also kind of sign of, sorry, also uh, like kind of some of like the, uh, the mental like side effects, like um, just the kind of like rewiring of the brain a little bit um, was something else I was kind of looking for. Okay. Yeah, I totally understand that. It makes a lot of sense. How, how long have you been on this, this cocktail? Um, I've only been on this um, it's time now. It's uh, November now. So like a couple of months. Um, I think I started August. Okay. Um, yeah. And obviously it takes about a month for the side effects to kick in. So I've only really been like noticing the side effects for like, the past, past month or so. Yeah. And how's that been? It's been, it's been good. I mean, like uh, on the, like, um, you know, the emotional stuff, like uh, I hadn't like properly cried for like, um, I think it's like 11 years or something. Uh, and then now I can like, I can cry now. That's just really, really nice. Um, and then I'm definitely like, I'm visibly uh, more feminine in the sense that um, I get she heard a lot more than I used to. Um, so I can tell that's more of how people perceive me than they used to do, I guess. Um, even if that's not something I've necessarily like noticed looking in the mirror as much, um, it's something other people notice. Okay. Um, so you you get she her so your your sort of social presentation. Um, I I get he hemmed more than I get she her, but it's like okay. um, maybe like I don't know um, two thirds he him, one third she her, kind of from strangers. Okay. Um, so it's it's sort of changes are happening, and yeah, definitely. And your presentation is 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 re readable in that sort of way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's preferable to you, despite the fact that your pronouns are they them or like the pronouns yeah. that you give at least. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I use or Zezer. I think you said yeah. right. I mean, to be honest, anything like other than like he or she, I'm like would like. Um, but yeah, I would rather. Uh, I think this comes back to the they fab stuff, right? Uh, not not like I rather um, get she her than he him. And I don't know if that's just because um, I'm less used to it, um, or if it is like a, a genuinely like closer to who I am or whatever. But um, it doesn't really matter why. Um, I do prefer to getting he him, but I prefer getting they them over either of those. Okay. What's the sort of um, I I, I want to sort of 
I maybe dig back a little bit, I guess, like sort of how do you kind of come in contact with all these sorts of ideas and these possibilities? Um, yeah, so um, I was, I don't know when I first like heard about trans people. Um, I definitely didn't know what a trans person was, like a young child. I remember um, my first, one of my first like uh, gender memories, whatever, is I was about seven. And I was thinking to myself, like, what's the, um, what's the opposite of a tomboy? As in, because that, that's me, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I didn't think I could be anything other than a boy. Um, but I thought I could be like a feminine boy, like a tomboy's like a masculine girl or whatever. Um, I mean, I didn't like come up with an answer or anything. Um, but I was kind of um, there for a while. And then when I was like, I think 14, um, one of my friends um, came out as trans. Um, so um, obviously I kind of, I think by that point I knew what a trans person was, but I didn't know much about it. Um, but she was like very much like, wanted like talk to us about it so um kind of i i knew like uh the kind of this like uh male to female transition process um when i was like 14 not like my my brand of it but um i knew the kind of the standard route uh so to say at that age um and i think at that point i was kind of you know i was on tumblr or whatever i wasn't actually on tumblr but i was looking at tumblr posts on like pinterest um and um i was I'm definitely sorry. i'm sorry wait how how old are you at this point at uh, me now no like yeah presently uh, i'm 19 at the moment okay th um, this is so this is so interesting i just say this because um i had another guest who who mentioned doing something incredibly similar i think it was on google images that yeah they, they were reading posts on google images um <laughs> tumblr, but they weren't on tumblr itself sorry yeah um, well actually no i want to pause on that like why 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 was that happening what was your um, i mean i think it did start off on google images but then okay. like all of the google image search results are from pinterest so it's like okay well i can make a pinterest account and well, better so... look at these images of tumblr posts <laughs> well so but wh why were you why weren't you just on tumblr were you like scared of it or something i or... don't know i think um i did kind of have this like fear from my parents put it like interacting with strangers um okay. So I guess maybe, like, I didn't really know what Tumblr was and how it worked. Um, so I guess I think I probably thought that, like, um, Pinterest was kind of a more, like, a passive way of, like, getting this stuff into my brain without, like, um, having to, like, talk to, like, strangers who will come to my house and kidnap me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at these, like, um these 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 tumblr posts i guess um with like their lists of um identities and whatever um and i think at this time i was still kind of i didn't fundamentally believe i could be anything other than like a boy um and so i kind of like settled like internally on the like oh yeah i'm like on the non-binary spectrum but towards like the guy end i'm like a am i like and i was like looking through like a bunch of my can't remember what but like a bunch of micro labels that kind of fit that to some extent um and i kind of just kept that in my head for like a few years um and i think like online i was using like he they pronouns in real life i was just using he him um and kind of just vibing with this for a while um and then um I was would have been like eighteen, and um, 
about to go off to uni, well, like a few months before I went off to uni. And uh, we had this like uh, WhatsApp group um, of like people who were going to go to this uni and were like gay um, in some way. Uh, and so I was in this. Um, and there were trans people there. Um, and they were, you know, talking about being trans and stuff and talking about non binary people as well. Um, and I think I pretty, pretty quickly, um, those like, he, they moved like they, he moved like they, them, um, just through, I think, kind of realizing that that was something I could do, like that was an option, um, because there were people doing it. Um, and then someone sent a link, I think to someone else, uh, of like the gender dysphoria master doc. Um, and I read through that and I was like, oh shit, like up until this point I thought, yeah, like I'm non-binary, but like I don't have like dysphoria or whatever. I'm not like actually trans. And then I like read through it, I was like, shit, uh, I am like non-binary and like trans about it or whatever. Um, do, you mean, do you mean the gender dysphoria Bible? The gender dysphoria Bible, yeah. Okay. Um, and I've then... Never, I've never actually read it, but I do have a sort of fascination with... um. These these sort of um, these kinds of like writings that are um, meant to be like a thing to, through which to like answer the question of like am I am I this thing sort of like um, like the lesbian master doc yeah right, is, is another example of this yeah I mean I don't know maybe if I'd read it and been cis I would have still thought the same come to the same conclusions from it but like it helped me I guess um, that's all I've got to say about it really. Um, I actually, uh, I have a patch um, that my friend made for me. It's got like a QR code. And when you scan it, it links to the Gender Dysphoria Master Doc, uh, the Bible, um, which is really fun, I think. Um, That's very cool. That's interesting. Wait, so I don't know. Tell me, well, I guess maybe tell me a little bit. You said that if you'd been cis and you read it, you might have came to the same conclusions. I don't know, like, I probably wouldn't, because I don't know, like, what I've experienced if I've been cis, but I just do know, like, especially, like, I've heard things about Lesbian Master Doc, I've read a bit of it, but, like, I'm definitely not a lesbian, so, um, but I've definitely, like, you know, like, some of it resonates with people who are, like, not actually lesbian, and I think in the same way there are, like, um, definitely parts of the Gender Dysphoria Bible, um, that resonate with, um, you know, people who aren't trans, but, like, to some degree, like, so don't, like, do discomfort yeah. in their gender. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so this is right. Like, this is. I mean, so the author of the lesbian master doc, right, has since come out as bisexual. Um, yeah. Which is incredibly funny, um, and on some level, because a, a significant portion of that document is dedicated to kind of like, um, talking about complicated investments in men and whether that's compatible with a sort of um lesbianism um yeah <laughs> but it's yeah I, I find these sorts of like documents that are like right they're like almost kind of like constructed to like argue you into like which is is which i think is actually like helpful to like a certain right you know when you have this kind of like all consuming like um the pervasive cultural force that's like telling you not to be trans it is like useful to come up against something that's like that does yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's but they 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 are still these these weird sort of and it's 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 kind of freaky to me how much they end up shaping discourse and being treated as um, authoritative. I mean, in a way that they they have to present themselves as authoritative in order to function. Um, Yeah. But I think on like a meta level, they really should not be considered that. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's just I don't know. It's I think I don't know about the like history of the gender story Bible, but like I assume it's just like one person just writing this, right, um, or something like that. And it's just like their own like experiences or whatever. Maybe like pulled with things they've heard from other people, but like ultimately they've heard all this from like trans people, right? Um, that you don't get cis people in writing like about their experiences. Um, so it's going to reflect uh, trans people's experiences, even if some of those experiences are common with cis people, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you, you some experiences might just be experiences that are common to people, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or experiences common to just like having to be sexed in the world. Um, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I I, I think gender dysphoria is kind of um, contiguous with the general stream of like uh, of human experience and emotions and uh, to the extent it gets chopped off as something else it's kind of just for insurance purposes Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, right like um, you know I mean it's yeah I I, I don't I don't need to say more Um, (laughs) right now but so what um so you you're you're not a lesbian what what is your sexuality um i'm like i mean for a long time we're like identified as like bisexual um uh like from when i was like 12 like i didn't come out i came out like a few friends were like 14 i think and kind of then slept on it till i left school and then um it's like openly bisexual and like i don't know i'm not i'm less bisexual now i don't know if this is like the uh the hormones um in that i am definitely uh predominantly attracted to like men and like men adjacent non-binary people or whatever um i'm still attracted to some women i think everyone's a bit bi right and maybe i'm more bi than like the average person um but i'm not like super bi so like I'll call myself bi, I'll call myself queer, I'll call myself straight, um, all of these things. Um, but essentially, yeah, I'm into, like, men and things around that. Alright, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're still, you're, you're, you're 19, you're very, relatively young. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, so, so what is... What is this like? I'm always sort of curious, right? It feels like the sort of, um, I don't know. It feels like, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a game. I'm not a gay man, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know exactly what the sort of um, perception of, I mean, but also, right, you know, there is not one sort of dating pool or sort of like, you know, that's not really how relationships happen. There's many, I don't know, tell me a little bit about sort of um, 
how you're how how you're kind of received by partners or potential partners or yeah i mean like obviously like i mean when i was at school i was like too like weird and also like shy or whatever to pursue anything um and at that point like i was like a guy or whatever and i think like um i mean like coming to uni i was like pretty much entirely perceived as like a guy um and so i was like basically in like the kind of gay male dating scene whatever um and i was i don't know like i kissed a few girls um but um i always felt um i don't know if this was like a sexuality thing or was just like a genuine feeling but like um it felt that like you know a guy and a girl right that's like a a power dynamic um and i was uncomfortable with that because i guess partially because i wasn't a guy and i didn't like identify as a guy i didn't like publicly identify as a guy but like i was aware that like that's how i was like generally received um and so i yeah like i the first i mean i can't remember exactly but like the first guy i slept with um i'm pretty sure he's just a gay guy um the first person I was in a relationship at the time, like when we first like met and like got into that relationship, they'd identified as like a cis gay guy. Um now they like identify as like queer and non-binary trans. Um But I don't know, like over time, um I have become like more uncomfortable with that. Even though like I am a bit of a gay guy. Um it's like the fag bit, right? I am a faggot, like even if I'm also a bit of a girl. Um, I don't think those two things can be like uh, necessarily have to be separate. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uncomfortable with um, yeah being pursued by like gay men, obviously, um, because I'm not a man. I'm not like the subject of their desire. Um, but to be honest, I'm like uh, not really that interested in um, doing things with cis people. Um, and I feel like I kind of implicitly like trust trans people more to kind of get my vibe. And so if someone like identifies as like a gay guy, um, but they're trans about it, um, then I feel like I care less, um, because I kind of like, you know, I trust them to, to like understand that like I'm not a man and like I trust them to not perceive me as a man, but just to kind of you know um they're a gay guy in that they have sex with people who are like men and like who want women and like if there's someone who is not a man or a woman then like maybe that's on the table like i kind of do yeah (laughs) one of my favorite quotes from um this show uh from a, a guest of the show was um francis on the episode who isn't a faggot um was said something along the lines of um cis women aren't faggots solely by virtue of having been born women um yeah (laughs) which um yeah it's no um yeah i don't know let's talk a little bit more about your sort of affinity for the word faggot or what that sort of um 
I mean, I, I assume that that kind of captures some of the vibe of what you sort of go for in terms of like gender and sexuality, right? In the sense yeah. of it's like. I mean, definitely. I mean, like, I, I do, I do like the word faggot a lot. Um, and like, how do, how do you parse it? Do you parse it as like, right? Because there's like a couple different ways, right? There's, I feel like a lot of the times what it sort of indicates is you're failing at manhood, but I think it also does have some kind of, you know, positive content that is maybe not connected to that. But I don't know. What do, what do you, what do you, what do you yeah. think faggot means? I mean, I do kind of pass it in that, yeah, that failing manhood, but I'm not sure that's, like, a negative thing. Like, if manhood isn't something you, like, you're built to succeed at, uh, then I'm not sure it's bad to fail at manhood. And, like, I have failed at manhood, like, um, when I was, like, before I knew what gender was, when I was, like, four years old, I have, like, memories of, like, doing, like, girly things or whatever, and, um, you know, I would... I wasn't called a faggot at four years old because they didn't know what the word faggot was. Um, but I was treated as a faggot, right? Um, like, fundamentally, a faggot's like a guy who, like, fails at being a man. And, like, I am a guy and I failed at being a man. So, like, I'm a faggot, right? Yeah. 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 And, like, I think that can be a positive thing in that... Um, I don't want to succeed at being a man. Um, I want to continue to like not be a man, and I think I'm, yeah, doing that by like being a faggot. And like, I guess to some degree, no, I was like, I present as like a faggot in lots of ways. Um, you know, kind of yeah. dressing more androgynously, uh, more androgynously than like a cis guy in general, you know, I'm like failing and like looking more androgynous than a cis guy. Like I don't yeah. You know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing faggotry or whatever. Right. So what what do you see as the kind of forward projection of this? Do you think that you'll be on these hormones long term? Do you think that you might at some point um, yeah, move away from them. Are you planning on, right, you said that you don't like your facial hair. Are you planning on doing like laser or electrolysis or something like that? Yeah, Whatever. I mean, yes, yeah, so I've got one of those like, um, I'm really bad at remembering to use it. One of those like IPL devices, which like doesn't, it's not, doesn't work super well, but I don't really know because I don't use it enough because um, it's just cheaper than electrolysis but i think at some point if i if that doesn't work then yeah i will get like electrolysis on like at least my face um yeah and in terms of hormones like i guess um i don't intend to come off them anytime soon and uh kind of something i'd like eventually is i would like um some form of bottom surgery i think um which would involve like an opiectomy so um, obviously, if I got that, I would need to be on hormones of some degree, because otherwise, I just wouldn't have any sex hormones. Um, so, do you do you want just an orchiectomy, or do you want like a vaginoplasty? Um, I'm not a hundred percent. I think what I probably want was like a, a zero depth uh, vaginoplasty. I think well, that's kind of yeah. I, I think that kind that. of <laughs> yeah. No, I think that kind of um, of like the options speak to me the most. Um, like. Um, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure with that, that could, 
that could I'm, go anywhere. I'm very happy with mine, but um, okay, I'm glad. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, you've got time to make those decisions. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that that's maybe kind of daunting. I guess I don't know what the NHS yeah. process no. surgery is like, and I am. But I have to imagine it's maybe not the easiest thing if you're trying no. to a little bit non-standard. No. Even if you are trying to do something standard, then it's like, oh, I've got so much time. And if you are trying to do something non-standard, then it's even more complicated. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, and also I guess it is like, that is irreversible, right? Um, uh, well, it occurs to me, you could you could just lie to your doctors and sort of... Yeah. I mean, right? I, they, 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 they'll, you know, do hormone levels or whatever, but I don't think that relaxaphine would show up on any of that as like no oh yeah i could definitely could do that um like this is like a path i could take um i've considered it but like um getting anything i would yeah have to wait upwards of five years before i got anything at all so like Jesus. it's not urgent just because of how long the wait is and like who knows where i'll be in five years time like who knows yeah if, yeah yeah that's definitely understandable it's it's unfortunate um how much the sort of like logistic problem issues factor into planning around what should just be right it'd be great if this was just like a decision you could make um yeah without having to worry about these things but i don't know i i i got mine in part because i had a really good opportunity for it and didn't know when i would have another chance and figure yeah um a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush so i yeah, exactly. Yeah. But all right. Interesting. Um hmm. I'm trying to think what other questions I have for you. Um I don't know, what sort of stuff do you want to talk about with respect to um, your gender? What sort of stuff were you hoping to speak about today? I guess like um this is, I don't know, maybe just a brief observation, but maybe you can, like, um, get something out of here, is that often, um, you know, you hear this kind of uh, refrain that, like, um, the way to, like, figure out if you're trans is to um, just ask yourself, if I could choose, would I be born as the opposite um, sex to the one you were born as or whatever? Um and I think it's an interesting question, um, but I don't think it necessarily answers uh, what it intends to answer. Um, in that, if I had the chance, I think I'd say I would want to be born a girl, but then I would like get top surgery and like possibly like a microdose tea. Um, and something that I've always like wondered is is that like a Obviously, that's not an opportunity I'm ever going to have. Um, but, like, is that a genuine desire? Or is this just kind of a, like, oh, my life would be easier if things were different. But, in fact, maybe they wouldn't. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But it's definitely, it's an observation, right? Um, and it's interesting how this kind of, um, this kind of question of, um, if you had this opportunity, what would you do, is so often, like, framed as um, as like a way of determining if you're trans but in fact it's a bit murkier but i don't know i think that's just because i'm like fundamentally like 
I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I. I well, hate I, the word. Sorry. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Say what say. I, I hate the word like binary trans or whatever, but I'm not binary trans. Um, so I think it does make it messier like that. But yeah, no, go on. Yeah. So like. I feel like part of this, right, is that people have this weird understanding of um, of what sex is, how sex works, um, and like they're, they're they're really, you know, people are really dedicated to this idea that there are like these two things that you can be, right, and that like I feel like I, I think about this like kind of um, I think part of it has sort of um, uh has to do with the kind of meme that is um gender and sex are different things and you know sex works the way that you expect it to whereas like gender is like everything that's sort of like socially salient yeah um, right and it's like people are really really dedicated to this idea and will go to a lot of lengths to sort of like preserve some form of it in their thought yeah but, you know, if you if you sort of like read like there's a lot of, you know, what I think, right? Very good sort of like feminist um writing on science and um yeah, science um and epistemology and and sex, specifically the science of sex. You know, we can go read some like Ann Foster Sterling or whatnot and think about like um you know what what is human sex and then also sort of like you know avoiding like a kind of naturalistic fallacy i like to sometimes imagine that i'm like an alien um like anthropologist or something and i'm studying humans or i guess an alien biologist right and i'm studying humans and i'm like okay like how would i sort of like if i weren't you know sort of like if I didn't put like a sort of like natural artificial split in here, how would I describe what's going on, right? And it's, you know, extremely clear to me that there is, you know, that if you were to do that, like you end up with like a very different picture of sex than the one that we have, um, right? And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make sense to sort of like describe these things as um, being, um, it, it, in a lot of the ways that we do. So I I, mean, I guess to sort of like return to the sort of question of like, right, like which button would you push or what would you sort of like do about um, being born? What would you, how would you choose to be born, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's such a weird, you know, it, it, because it is clarifying just insofar as like it's operating on the level that most of us think about these things that most people think about these things because most people are not, you know, sort of, like, engaged in um, this sort of process with respect to, you know, this sort of, like, political struggle with respect to sex, right? This sort of, like, political struggle about... um, And, like, the... So, so you know, it's 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 like helpful that it's something that you can grasp onto, but it also sort of is like 
Well, you know, you know, like you ask that question and it's never like, okay, well, what if you were, you know, like to get vulgar, right? Like, what if you were AFAB with PCOS, right? Or like, you know, there's all these sorts of like, or or even like not even necessarily getting into something like PCOS, right? Like, what if, right? It's there, there's always these sort of like the sense in which these questions are like trading on these kinds of assumptions about, yeah what birth assignment means when we know that that's not how you know like you could be you could have been assigned the other way you know at birth and still have all the things that you hate about yourself right um yeah i mean maybe that's that's a bad way to sort of like phrase the argument but it's like this this thought experiment you know yeah, one, I mean, one that you have to kind of move past. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, and like um, you're saying, yeah, it is based on this kind of this binary view of um, not only this binary view of like sex at birth, right, but also this kind of idea that yeah, um, at least it's better than uh, some ideas. But it's like yeah, there's these two sexes, and you're assigned one of them at birth, and if you want, uh, there are ways you could like go to the other one, um, but that's all you've got on the table. That's your only option um and it is this kind of yeah at least it like preserves the idea that you can change your sex um because you know you often hear from i think well-meaning um cis people um that there is this kind of immutable sex and on top of that there is gender and the two of them don't have to align um at least it preserves that i guess that you can transition your sex you can be a transsexual um but only only to some only to the degree that you there are two sexes and you can be either of them and if you start off life in one of them you can be the other when of course it's 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 a lot more complicated than that yeah it is um it is i have a lot of you know this is sort of the the research program i'm teasing myself with um once i get a job is delving further into this sort of um science of sex and what we mean when we say sex and um i'd once again encourage everyone to go read slights of reason by mary beth mater um it's a book that is <laughs> primarily about like concept concepts and like the metaphysics of concepts and ontology and shit like that but um it takes sex as its example uh and it's it, it presents a very good argument against what i would consider like a steel man you know, the opposite of a straw man, um, yeah. sex, uh, idea of what sex, sex might be, um, that, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, there's not the, just the two of them, they're not like these, these little, they're not these sort of, um, unified images, right, um, I think a lot of people need to be sort of, um, more, and again, I, I mean, I think you run into sort of like well-meaning cis people and trans people that, you know, I, I think a lot of trans people are not more misogynist than your standard um, cis person, but are are still very misogynist and are, aren't sort of doing the work to interrogate um, their ideas about manhood or womanhood or, or sex, yeah. what it means to be sexed. Totally. Yeah. Um, what else? What was there? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Are there any other things that 
I think um, that kind of covers it all. Unless you've got any other kind of um, questions, um, either about me or just like, um, you know, kind of questions you could ask anyone, I guess. I mean, I'm like fairly young. Okay, so. okay. I mean, like, like, here's a question. Here's a word that hasn't shown up um, in this conversation yet. And it's kind of interesting to me because, I don't know, I, I, I hope I don't make you squirm with this, but what about... Um, Right, the term femboy has not showed up this entire time. Um, yeah, because it's one that doesn't resonate with you. Um, but that's that's interesting, right? Because you said at the beginning, right, when you were like a child, you sort of had this. I remember also, you know, having this kind of um, preoccupation with the idea of tomboys as a child, and sort of being like, "Whoa, that's so cool," um, and you know, sort of like wanting that but being confused because i was like well i'm already a boy so like what would being a tomboy even mean for me um uh, whereas you were sort of like well what about the opposite what about like the inverse of this what about like being like a feminine boy yeah not really having access to you know the sort of like most socially salient versions of that are things that you would not tell a four-year-old about right like in terms of like sissy or faggot or yeah you know um <laughs> but yeah let's let's talk about femboys a little bit um yeah maybe i just want to like hear what you what why that word has not shown up this entire time i mean i don't have any like objection to it as a word like i'm i know there are a few people on the internet who are like it's a slur against trans femmes or whatever um i'm i'm i like i guess it's just a case of like um i first i don't know i guess i came across that word when i was like questioning my gender and I guess like maybe it would have fit but I guess at the time I was like um presenting uh to like masculine or whatever uh to like feel that resonate with me and I guess it's this kind of view I have even now of kind of this like idea of a femboy as like um I mean obviously this isn't necessarily the case but like um someone who primarily identifies like mostly as a guy and presents like most as a woman and to me i feel like i both identify as more like female than a femboy and also present as more masculine than a femboy um uh, right I, i'm remembering how much in the sort of like list of uh things that you found yourself sort of like um finding some resonance with dyke appeared in it yeah not um, an insignificant amount right um or the word fag dyke right um yeah it's interesting, right I, I guess maybe the emphasis is for you is more on fag in terms of like sexual and romantic practice but dyke as some sort of um presentate some sort of like presentation or, or yeah I mean, I guess for me, like, I mean, both fag and dyke are kind of like, you know, gender, gender signifiers, um, possibly like more than they are like um, signifiers of sexuality. And as such kind of, yeah, um, I do kind of identify as a dyke um, in terms of like gender and like presentation and like, yeah, that's kind of, I, yeah. I really, yeah, you know, kind of. In some senses, like I want to be perceived as like a butch lesbian, um, whilst also uh, not really being that into women. Um, 
Right. You know, it's, yeah, I, it's sort of the opposite of, I remember one of my guests previously described um, himself as, you know, my gender identity is gay man, but my sexuality is lesbian. Um, You're kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that's cool. I'm glad. Maybe we should put you two together and have you talk. Maybe. <laughs> I, keep, yeah. I keep saying that I'm going to do, like, table episodes, and it'll happen eventually. Eventually. Um, just to sort of, you know, um, a matter of time. But, all right. Um, well, I believe we're coming up on an hour, are we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a little bit less, but that's okay. We can call it a short one this week. Um, thank you so much for being here, Luca. Thank you. Um, do you have anything you want to shout out or anything? Um, I guess like you can follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, I'm I have too many Twitter accounts, but the one I'm most like trans on, I guess, uh, uh, B X Y M O D E R. Um, like boy mode but with an X instead of an O in boy. Um, it, that's that's about all I've got to shout out. I don't have much else on. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, as I said at the beginning, our intro music, and maybe I'll use it as outro music too, is by Lynn July. You can check her out at tinytachyon.bandcamp.com. I'll have a link to that in the description or in the episode notes or whatever you call it. Um, you can tell I've watched too many YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> Um, Yeah, thank you so much, Luca, for being here, and thank you to the audience for listening. Thank you.